Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm Liz Drabeck. Welcome to Spotlight on Maryland. My guest for the next half hour is Robin Lee, who is the executive director of Baltimore Homecoming. And we are doing this virtually and pandemics safe. We're all in our own safe spaces. So hi, Robin. Thanks for joining me virtually. Hi, Liz. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I, I want to start in a broad base, Robin, and just go with, tell us, what is Baltimore Homecoming? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, we get that question a lot. Um, Baltimore Homecoming is a nonprofit initiative that launched in 2017 um, that is building an alumni network of Baltimore's most accomplished, accomplished expats. So folks who were born and raised here, who uh, went to school here or started their careers here or just spent a significant amount of time here in Baltimore. And now we're based elsewhere across the United States and some um, internationally as well. Um, so the idea is to uh, build this alumni network and center it around a three-day annual event called Baltimore Homecoming that is designed to attract back these alumni expats to come back, re-engage with the city, uh, spark new partnerships, collaborations, meet the people, leaders, and doers who are really on the ground building a brighter future for our city. Um, it started in, like I said, 2017 with our co-founders. Um, who were engaged with Detroit Homecoming, which could claim to be the first homecoming in the state. Um, and so we're loosely based off of their model. Um, but since then, you know, differently, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. Robin, you mentioned that it's a three-day annual event. So what did you do this past year? <laughs> yes. So Typically, like um, I mentioned, it is um, centered around an event and events across the year um, that are in person. However, obviously, we had to pivot. Um, we were not able to do that this year. Um, so back in March, April time, you know, we thought to ourselves, what can we do? What's specific to Baltimore homecoming? Because um, there was, a, you know, already an oversaturation of um virtual events and content. So what was special to us? And what's special to us is our alumni network. And so how could we leverage that? How could we, you know, um, have our alumni network connect with the local community? So we created um, uh, this the Baltimore Conversation Series, uh, which was a series of virtual um, conversations where one or more um, uh, Baltimoreans, both alumni, expats, but based elsewhere in the state, um, and uh, local in Baltimoreans could connect and talk about a range of topics. Um, and it's really been um, inspirational to hear from those individuals, like 
Angel McCautry, Duff Goldman, um, oh. and lo- local leaders like Van Brooks, um, Anna Rodney from Mom Cares, um, and, and many more. So uh, that's what we did. And then that has led to some of our other programs, um, like the Campaign for Baltimore's Heroes. Tell me more about Baltimore's Heroes, Robin. Of course. So um, the Campaign for Baltimore's Heroes, um, you know, of course, in lieu of an event, we did our virtual Baltimore conversation series. But we thought, you know, what more can we do? Our, our, our cities across the U.S., but our dear city, Baltimore, um, was struggling uh, with the pandemic and, and recovering and rebounding from that. So um, we decided to launch this campaign, which features 40 organizations that we have worked with across our first two years in 2018 and 19. Um, and these 40 nonprofits uh, were the nonprofits that hosted our field trips, that were nominated and voted in as our homecoming heroes. Um, and so we thought, you know, let's put together these 40 organizations, highlight them, sh- share their stories, drive support their way. Um, and also in doing that, um, building a, opportunity for our alumni who um, will obviously not be able to come back to Baltimore this year, but it's an opportunity for these alumni to um, revisit their experiences, the people that they visited across homecoming in the last two years, um, and think about, you know, different ways to engage, reconnect, and and of course, contribute back to the campaign uh, and contribute back to the organizations participating in it. That sounds absolutely fascinating. And to be able to adapt, you know, and to do it so interactively, that's, that's incredible. I want to go back a little bit to the conversations because I'm just so curious. Um, you yeah. mentioned some Baltimore luminaries. So, Robin, what were some of your favorite, event, uh, favorite events from this past year and why? Yeah. Um, so I think we've done um, uh, over 20 conversations and we have been able to reach um, over 25,000 um, views. Uh, and through these different conversations, it's been a range of inspirational, motivational conversations to um, conversations about specific topics like arts or the or parenting during the pandemic or education, uh, things like that. But some memorable events or conversations for me, I mean, it's so hard to choose, but m- my favorite might be our first one that we had with Angel McCautry, WNBA All-Star um, yeah. from Baltimore. Um, and she spoke with Van Brooks, who's executive director of Safe Alternative for Education Foundation. Um, and it was just so motivation to hear from both of them and, and fun to hear them connect through their backgrounds in sports in Baltimore. Um, and I, I sometimes even will go back to listen to that conversation because, you know, as we're continuing to, um, you know, work our way through this pandemic life, uh, they it's offered so many words of encouragement that ring true still today, even though we had the conversation back in April. Um, additionally, we had a, a conversation with Duff Goldman, yeah. um, owner of Charm City Cakes and a, uh, star of Ace of Cakes, um, and Steve Chu, who's the owner of Ekiben, um, you know, Baltimore favorite restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and that conversation was just so funny so candid. They really just talked to each other and we got to be a part of that. Um, and they really actually called what's really going on with the restaurant industry early oh, on. Um, okay. And it, it is interesting that, you know, uh, they, they were, you know, 
so hopeful, um, but yet kind of realistic in and seeing what the struggles would be now. So, you know, of course, fingers crossed that everything will turn out okay for our beloved restaurants. So, but again, very great conversation. And I, I really enjoyed those too. And, and there were so many more that we encourage people to look back and listen to. Um, you can on our offer of our website. Um, it, our website's baltimorehomecoming.com. And then you'll see a, a page for our Baltimore conversation. And Robin, a question. How, if I'm sitting at home, can I participate in future conversations? Yeah. So we will have future Baltimore conversations, but as a spinoff of Baltimore conversations and part of the campaign for Baltimore's heroes, we launched a different format conversation um, called our community roundtable conversations um, that is going, is accompanying our um, campaign. Um, so part of this series, um, you know, like I said, we had about, we have about 40 nonprofit partners participating in the campaign. And we thought, you know, how do we highlight each and every one of them? Because um, it would be a disservice not to. So, um, and if we stuck to the Baltimore Conversation Series um, format, that would take dozens of different conversations to be able to host everyone. So we also heard that, you know, at this point of the year, or I know it's a new year, but um, at this point in the pandemic, so many people were experiencing <laughs> Zoom fatigue. So we, oh, gosh. You know, yes. <laughs> um, people told us, you know, if I'm going to tune into a, a virtual event, I want it to be really interactive. And so we changed the format of our Baltimore oh, wow. conversation okay. to accommodate that. Yeah. And so um, we uh, launched a series of four events um, that took place in November, December, January. Um, and there will be one in February, They're, um, okay. which each event will did focus on t- about 10 organizations. Um, however, uh, any attendee joining had the ability to join three different breakout rooms to really oh. get to know the people behind the organizations, join yeah. in conversation, hear the stories. Um, and uh, really engage on a deeper level. And you can do that three times with three different organizations, some of which you may already know, some of which uh, may be new to you. So um, we had our aspiring community conversation in November that focused on young people and education. Um, Then in December, we had our creative community, which, of course, focused on arts maker and creative community. Um, And January on just this past week on the 13th, we had our um, strengthening community. And on February 17th, we will have our last one for this series called the innovative community. Um, And you can, uh, anyone can register at giving.baltimorehomecoming.com or see it on our social media handles. Um, So yeah, we're really excited about that one. And then we look forward to re- uh, relaunching our Baltimore Conversation series moving forward. What a creative way to pivot, especially when we're all in this sort of, or most of us at least, are in this isolation to be able to make it like more interactive. That's just incredible to me. Um, We talked earlier about the Baltimore alumni and the homecoming heroes. You mentioned field trips. Robin, what are some of the field trips? Yeah. Um, and I, I will make note that, you know, our Homecoming Hero Awards, as well as our field trips um, and other programs, are part of our community engagement programs. Okay. Um, so uh, 
as you can tell, you know, we're planning this big annual event. And of course, we were always thinking about how do we make it so that the Baltimore community um, can be a part of that planning, right? So um, across the year, we have uh, a couple different um, crowdsourced opportunities. Um, so in the spring, we'll likely be relaunching our field trip RFP uh, request for proposals where nonprofits, big or small, um, can apply to host a field trip for when the alumni come back to town. In this oh. case, this year, it may be a virtual field trip. And so we will <laughs> be uh, um, uh, looking for proposals with contingency plans like that. Um, so um, as, par- uh, as part of that, um, you know, we also will run that and we'll run the field trip RP in the spring. And then um, as part of our community engagement, uh, um, we also run our Homecoming Hero Awards um, in the summer where we ask the public to nominate um, community leaders um, who should be acknowledged for their work. Um, winners, uh, well, nom- uh, those nominated will be um, put up for public voting and the public will have a chance to vote. Who, who will be able to speak at a homecoming, receive a $3,000 cash prize, and join our cohort of homecoming heroes that we highlight across the year. Robin, since launching in 2017, what are some highlights over the past few years that have really stuck with you? Um, that's a great question. So we yeah. have had quite a, a, an eventful last few years. I mean, the first few years are kind of the most exciting, right? Um, yeah. We felt like we were a nonprofit starting from scratch. And, and since 2017, we um, engaged hundreds of Baltimore alumni. It's just been amazing to get to know the diversity and the breadth and depth of the, the community that has uh, been born and bred from Baltimore, right? Um, we've had over 150 come back to Baltimore across the last two years. Um, and across the last few years, we've had an opportunity to shine a light on dozens of Baltimoreans and organizations building uh, a brighter future for Baltimore. Um, and so it's been a privilege to do that. Um, we've had uh, a range of gifts to nonprofits um, and uh, ranging from, you know, many, many smaller gifts to um, $250,000 to the Baltimore School for the Arts. Um, but there's also just a range of involvement and new connections. Um, you know, uh, our alumni are mentoring businesses now or collaborating with the, many of the nonprofits they met while, uh, while here and re-engaging with their alma maters and also building the foundations for future partnerships. So it's only been three years since we've launched. And I think that there's just so much more to look forward to in these next coming years. What was your goal when you launched the campaign? Well, uh, the campaign or the organization? Both, really. <laughs> <laughs> Good question, Ben. Um, so, <laughs> uh, the organization. Um, so we, our goal, you know, was always, is building this alumni network of Baltimore's accomplished expats. So, of course, we had number goals where we were trying to engage uh, a couple hundred a year so that this network can continue to grow. Um, our goal has always been to drive um, reinvestment in the city, whether it, it be oh. different forms of capital, human capital, social capital, financial capital, of course. Yeah. Um, and of course, so those are our kind of overarching goals. Um, yes. So the goal with the campaign for Baltimore's Heroes, which we yes. launched in September, and we anticipate running through the spring, 
um, is to raise a million dollars for those 40 nonprofits and to build meaningful bridges to action um, that we uh, for those nonprofits that we support um, and have worked with across the years. So that's our goal. Um, and how is it going? It's, um, we've currently raised about thirty thousand um, dollars in individual gifts, alongside. I'm happy oh. to announce a, a seventy-five thousand and a twenty thousand dollar major gift that it really helped us to hit our first hundred thousand dollar milestone towards oh, that wow. million dollar goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we still have a long road ahead, and it's definitely been a challenging year. I mean, in 2020 for fundraising, um, you know, people yeah. have been more cautious about philanthropic given, uh, giving given the volatility and uncertainty in the country. But we're really confident that as people become more optimistic about the future and take stock of how our nonprofits have really been the drivers to support our community through this pandemic, that those uh, that giving to those nonprofits will will rise and um, we're confident in hitting our goal for the campaign for Baltimore's heroes as well. I understand you were recently promoted to executive director. What's that experience been like for you? Because ha- I'm sure it hasn't been normal or maybe what you expected. <laughs> it has been interesting. Um, so uh, I was the deputy director with Baltimore Homecoming since the launch in 2017. So on one hand, the transition has been um uh, easy um, because I was so involved <laughs> in so many parts of it. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I, I have so many ideas um, and so many things that I um, hope for and wish for for the organization. And now I, um, I'm in the seat to do it. So uh, there are um, things to look forward to and, and be excited about uh, and be excited to get started working on for sure. We've talked about the conversations and the heroes, but what else for Baltimore Homecoming does 2021 look like for you? Yeah, I mean, right now, um, in the last couple of weeks across the holidays, uh, well, first, I will note that we hired a new assistant director, um, and it's been interesting for her because she onboarded virtually. I've uh, only met her once in person, so I can't uh, <laughs> imagine what that's been like. But, right. Um, we have spent some time in the last few weeks to really take stock of where we're at um, as an organization, reflecting on the first three years. I think with a nonprofit uh, startup like this, you know, the first three years um, is it's fun and, and you kind of get to, to walk in the dark and, and it's a nervous and exciting thing. Uh, and then the first, uh, after the first three years, you, you know, you take, you take a second to pause, reflect, um, and pivot where we need to. So we've taken some time to connect with our alumni, with our stakeholders, with the, the Baltimore public, the community. Um, and we obviously want to do more in the next couple of years. And more looks like, you know, more engagement with our alumni throughout the year, more engagement with the public, um, as opposed to just the annual events. Um, and the virtual world that we've been living in has certainly opened up opportunities to do that more. Um, and, uh, make those opportunities more accessible to more people as well. Um, and our goals will always be to grow our alumni network and establish strong, those strong connections to Baltimore. So we'll be finding ways to do that by, you know, aggregating more opportunities for alumni to get involved, investment opportunities, collaboration opportunities, partnership building, um, et cetera. Robin, how does one become an alumni? So, um, well, you have to be from Baltimore in some way, shape, or form. You don't have to be <laughs> born help. here, but you have okay. to have some sort of significant relationship with Baltimore. 
Um, and, you know, uh, our alumni network has certainly started to grow itself. You know, we start, we work with many of our um, area schools. Um, and of course, if you know, you know, someone asks you from Baltimore, uh, where you went to school, they're talking about high schools, right? Yes. So, yes, yes right. <laughs> um, Not college, with, high school. <laughs> yes. So we work with our, our area high schools and universities to identify okay. alumni who might be interested in reconnecting with the city. And from there, you know, from the, or the alumni that we have engaged with, now those alumni are saying, oh, I know John, Jane, whoever. Yeah, who, networking, uh, of course. Yeah, who's also from Baltimore, because, you know, everywhere you go, you, you continue to keep your Baltimore network, right? Um, and yeah. you, you latch on to anyone that you find who's also from Baltimore. So, right. um, so the network's starting to grow itself, but of course, we're always looking for more. So if you are a Baltimore alumni or, uh, or know of others who might be interested in this opportunity to reconnect with the city, um, yeah. I do encourage everyone to get in contact with us. You can okay. reach us through our website at baltimorehomecoming.com or via our um, email, which is info at baltimorehomecoming.com. You just mentioned your website, baltimorehomecoming.com, which I'm looking at. And I'm looking at the event you held in 2019 and some of the names on this list. Robin, can you tell me what that event was like? Yeah. So 2019 feels like a lifetime ago. but <laughs> Doesn't um, it? It was our last in-person event, um, uh, and in 2019, we um, hosted a, a number of different different speakers, um, and those, some of which co-chaired the event as well. Um, so people like um, Academy Award-winning director um, Barry Levinson, um, we had uh, Brooks Robinson and uh, John Sherholt, both MLB Hall of Famers, and yeah, and I saw Lance speak. Riddick from The Wire. <laughs> yes, he spoke with Duff Goldman, um, Melanie Whalen from SoulCycle, and Mario Armstrong. Um, and, yeah, so we always go for uh, uh, a, such a diversity of um, alumni because they, you know, Baltimoreans go to every sector of industry. Um, there are a ton of uh, Baltimoreans in the entertainment industry, in the tech industry, and um, and so forth. So, it's always an exciting group that we bring back for homecoming. We, we look forward to announcing who may be coming back for 2021 as well. Yeah. And if, if you're anything like me, I just love seeing Baltimore featured. So like, I love the wire. I loved homicide. I love things like that. Any glimpse I can get of the city. Um, so that was your, what, your third event. How did the event grow? Cause you started in 2017 and then you have mm -hmm. just this list of like flat out all stars in 2019. Yeah. So I imagine there was some growth involved. Yeah. So technically the 2019 was our only our second event. We had our first event in 2018. Okay. Second one in 2019, we were supposed to have our third annual event in 2020, sure. of course, but <laughs> we skipped a year. Um, and so we, we certainly grew in, from year one to year two. Um, but there's, there's no um, shortage of awesome people from Baltimore. So I, I never worry about that. Maybe talk to me again in year 10 and we'll see where, <laughs> where we are. Um, but we do have plans to host our 2021 event in October. Um, specific dates to be announced, but we are um, planning on announcing that soon. Um, our goal is obviously to have the, the, the event in person if public health allows us to do so safely, um, but we will have contingency plans to go virtual or hybrid. Um, 
there's just going to be a lot of wait and see through the spring, but as a planner at heart, that just means doubling up on the planning. And, um, and so we're, we're working hard on, um, on those plans uh, now. Robin, we're winding down into our last final minutes together. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to add? Any questions I haven't addressed or anyone you'd like to thank before we wrap things up officially? Um, so I just wanted to encourage everyone who's listening to head over to giving.baltimorehomecoming.com. Read the stories of the different nonprofits, um, what they've been going through this year. Um, give money if you can, of course, but connect, you know, really connect. Um, figure out what stories resonate with you and get involved. Um, you can either connect with each organization directly or connect with us and we'll make connections. Um, so that's for the campaign for Baltimore's Heroes. Um, but in a more general sense for Baltimore Homecoming, connect with us if you want to get involved um, with either engaging with alumni or you know of alumni or um, you are one and you, you want to um, connect with us. So it's all about I said connection so many times just now, but that's all. It's, that's what. <laughs> well, that's what it's about. about. It's yeah, about making connections. Yeah, and I feel like those have been so especially lacking. You know, with so many of us, you know, commuting to sparser offices or not commuting at all. Yeah. You know, and working from home. That the connections are are so important. So, I have one last question for you. How did you get involved with Baltimore Homecoming? Oh, great questions. Um, so I. Uh, I have to answer this all the time. So I'm technically not from Baltimore. I grew up in Montgomery County. However, okay. um, I went to UMBC. So thank you for giving me an opportunity to plug my alma mater. Go um, Retrievers! <laughs> yeah. And after college, I uh, started my career in the Baltimore arts community um, in, at Maryland Art Place. I'll, I'll plug that organization, which I love so much as well. Um, yeah. And since then, my career was in large-scale events, both in D.C. and Baltimore. Um, and so when I had the opportunity to come back for to work for Baltimore Homecoming, I had been working in D.C. So for me, it was a homecoming opportunity as well yeah. um, to give back to the city that really has shaped me as an individual. And, of course, I jumped at that opportunity. And that's why I'm involved. That's a tremendous answer. And I really appreciate your sharing that and your experience. <laughs> So in summation, we have been talking to Robin Lee, who is the executive director of Baltimore Homecoming, the website, should you, uh, when you visit it, it is baltimorehomecoming.com. Robin, I cannot thank you enough for your time, your insight, your wisdom, your experience, and helping us and finding paths to get connected in an unbelievably uninterconnected time. Robin, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Liz, and thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's my absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks for listening. This has been a production of Entercom Baltimore.